This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and unfortunately, I am sans Matt today again, but he does have some pretty important stuff going on, and I'll let him share that with you upon his return, which may not be for a couple weeks, and that sort of brings me right into our third voicemail that we've gotten on the show from our, well, what can only be described as a super fan, Meredith. I'll go ahead and play the voicemail now, and then I'll explain in a moment. This is your listener, Meredith, just giving you a quick call to wish Ricky a happy birthday. I also wanted to call because I wanted to thank you for the invite um, on your last episode to be a co-host. I would love to take you up on that offer. So please, let's schedule a day where Matt may not be present and uh, you need a co-host. Hope you have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. So first of all, I have to say... Thank you for wishing me happy birthday, Meredith. That's really nice of you. But I'd also like to say you sort of mentioned like your fan as if you're the only one. There's at least a couple more out there, okay? So don't take all the credit for yourself. But yes, we would love to have you on the show. And um, I think next week you should be on the show. So I will get in contact with you and we will have a different co-host next week for the first time in the history of EdTech Weekly. Very excited. So for this show... Unfortunately, though, I'm going to be on my own. So let's just get started with the EdTech News of the Week. In our first story, Forbes reports on an EdTech startup, Authes, that is taking educational assessment tools to India. Now, there are a couple interesting things about Authes, and one of them is that they are, first of all, going to India to sort of start this company. Um, and it's a assessment company, and they come up with assessments that they describe as somewhere between multiple choice and high-end real-world simulation games, which are very expensive to produce. So they're trying to fit somewhere in the middle of those two things and provide a more authentic learning experience. One of the biggest problems I think that we all have in education is trying to figure out assessments that make sense for showing that you've mastered the subject. Um, I think teachers on their own can come up with some pretty good ones, but when we are sort of pigeonholed into some of these state assessments and whatnot, it can create some real problems. So I do. I am sort of interested in this because obviously I think anything is better than multiple choice. And if they can sort of create a less expensive way to sort of get some simulation or real world type simulation things involved without being so expensive to produce, um, I think that's a good thing. So go ahead and check out that story uh, in the show notes if you're interested in learning more about that. Our next story comes from EdTech Magazine, Education Department Developing Tool to Help Teachers Choose the Right EdTech. Now, this is pretty fascinating and and interesting to me. So essentially, Katrina Stevens, who is the Deputy Director of the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Educational Technology, has been working together with a team to sort of create a really cool online tool to help education leaders through their decision-making process. And if you listen to the show that you know that this is something Matt and I have talked about quite frequently is the whole point of what are we choosing to use in the classroom? Why? And how are we measuring it? And how are we making this decision? Is it just based on like, Ooh, that looks really cool and shiny and that's new. Or is it, do we have the same type of rubric or same type of assessments put in place for choosing 
small little things in the classroom or major like across different schools or, or across the entire district million dollar type um, ed tech initiatives so what's really cool about this is they've sort of developed this rubric and the way that they describe it is sort of like they want to be like TurboTax, where the schools just sort of go through this question-based sort of format to find out the rubric and the tools that they need for what they're doing so you know first question might be is this you know how much is this initiative or how much is this ed tech development going to cost you know and if it's over a hundred thousand dollars then maybe you move into a different category of other type of assessments or rubrics i should say to sort of judge whether or not this is good stuff so i think this is a really cool and interesting start i'll be interesting to see exactly how it works the other really interesting thing about this is that it's going to be made freely available um, so that others can take their work and also build on it. So I'm guessing they don't really say open source in the article, but I'm I'm hoping and I'm guessing that's what this means is that you can sort of, you know, maybe customize it a little bit or add some things to it. But I think it's a really cool thing to be coming out of the U.S. Department of Education's office. And I'm almost a little surprised because it seems a little too helpful. Um, I don't want to be too disparaging, but you just don't really seem to see like the U.S. Department of Education coming up with things that could actually be very helpful on a individual school or district basic like this basis like this. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that this could be something really cool. So this is definitely something to check out again, edtechweeklyshow.com and look at the show notes. The links will be there. Of course, you could always just do a Google search on that, but uh, definitely check out that article. That's pretty cool stuff and follow that um, open source sort of uh, setup that they have to see if you could use that for your school or your district. Very cool stuff. And our final story is from Engadget. And it takes about talks about how Chicago is now requiring high school students to take computer science classes. Now, this has been going on for a little while in Chicago. And 41 public high schools already have a computer science curriculum, which is actually really, really good compared to other um schools and other districts around the nation that's a pretty high level of schools in a district that have that um again this is something that the incoming freshman class of 2016-2017 will have to take at least one computer science class equivalent to er to earn one credit in order to graduate um i'm not really sure the wording there the this one computer science class equivalent so I, there it looks like there could be some room for not exactly taking a computer science course there I'm not really sure what that terminology is for um one of the things that i did think was interesting though is he said uh mayor ram emanuel said that requiring computer science as a core requirement will ensure that chicago's graduates can compete for the jobs of the future i think that's overselling it a little bit because just having a, a one credit requirement is a little bit too much. I mean, like that's like saying forcing them to take one uh, foreign language like Spanish, which is normally what people do. Having them take one course is going to prepare all of you to be like bilingual and being, and, and that's just not the case. Hopefully what it can do, especially at this early stage is get someone who might not have had that experience, be interested in it, and then sort of pursue one of those curriculums that are in sort of one of those 41 public high schools. Um, one of the very interesting discussions here, too, I think, is that where exactly are we getting the teachers who are going to be able to fulfill um, these requirements? Um, there's just not, again, part of the problem with the reason why STEM and computer science is so important is that we just have more jobs and we have computer pr programmers and, and computer science majors to fill. So 
where are we getting these qualified teachers? And, you know, being a part of a K-12 school district, as I have been in the past, it scares me to think that they're just going to sort of get the, the, the guy who knows the most about computers or the lady who knows the most about computers to take that job. And while that's well and good, and it still does not do computer science justice. And in order to really build out that, you know, um, infrastructure to have teachers to teach that there's going to be a need to be a lot more done than simply just saying hey we're, we're offering this stuff because it's competitive job market for computer science degrees and yeah you're going to have some people who would like to teach and a lot of teachers take on that responsibility knowing they could make more money in other places but because there's such a shortage in that field I think it's going to be something that's difficult to, to figure out and difficult to make happen. So what I'm going to do is I'd like to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, guys. Um, edtechweekly.reddit.com. That's our subreddit for EdTechWeekly. I'm going to just post this article there, and I'm just going to ask for comments. Um, do you think this is going to work as it's sort of put here? Um, I, I'm a little concerned just with the amount of uh, – the large nature of all students having to have this type of class, how many of them are actually going to have a really good qualified teacher that's available to teach that? And I just don't see it happening based on my experience. Um, and they may have to have some really cool incentive programs. And they might. Again, in this article, I don't see that. But definitely something to check out. Um, go to edtechweekly.reddit.com and just leave me your opinion there and something that next week I can discuss and we can have on the show with Meredith and we can kind of look at some of your comments. Love to hear from you. I know we have some listeners out there because I've gotten some feedback on the website, but I just would love to have you guys participate. I'll put it out on Twitter as well and try to get some opinions on this. Are we headed in the right direction with this computer science stuff? Are we trying to build it too, too big, too fast? Or, you know, just any other take that you might have on this, especially if you are somebody that's in that school district or is in another school district and, and what type of problems you might be facing with this stuff. So we'd love to hear from you. Please go ahead and do that. Again, next week, Meredith is going to be joining me. Very excited. The first time we've had any other host besides Matt and myself on the show. So we are growing, and that's really cool, and I'm excited to hear what Meredith has to say. So we'll talk with her about some specific things that she's dealt with in the school system as she has worked um, in many different sort of capacities on the counselor level in schools. So interested to hear her take on some things, and we'll try to tailor some stories that way. But that's the end of the show for tonight. Thanks for joining us. I know uh, it's disappointing when it's only me. I know uh, Matt is a really kind of good addition to the show, gives a good perspective. I would have loved to have hear, heard what he had to say about the computer science uh, initiative there in Chicago as well. Maybe we can talk to him about that when he gets back. Our featured uh, way to interact with the show, uh, although I did talk about um, edtechweekly.reddit.com, and I'd love for you to go there for that last story. Um, I also am going to feature tonight on the show the voicemail, which Meredith has so adeptly used three times now, 30592-TECH2. That's 30592-TECH2. Just give me your thoughts, opinions. Again, we will play your voicemail on the show. As you've seen, Meredith has called us three times. We have played her call all three times. I'm excited for you to get to hear a little bit more about Meredith on the next show and learn a little bit of her personality. She's a pretty cool girl, and she's got some really good opinions, especially about uh, the counseling side of um, K-12, of the K-12 world. So I'm interested to hear some of her perspectives on the EdTech news. And we will see you next time on EdTech Weekly.